Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you with exceedingly great joy today. Well, I'm continuing to press on in 1 John. And so we have been talking about this epistle for some time, and um, we're making some progress, it seems. We're actually in chapter 2, and today... We're actually going to start with verse 3. Last week we talked about Jesus being the propitiation for our sins. And talked uh, pretty much last week's program was all about that word propitiation. A very big word which has great importance to us as believers. And propitiation meaning that Jesus' death on the cross was a twofold um, benefit to us. One, that uh, the wrath of God was being averted, and at the same time, that Jesus was reconciling um, God to mankind. So that's extremely important to us as Christians. But today, we're going to... um, engage in some hard sayings here. These are things that John wrote that sometimes are just hard for us to swallow as Christians. So as I always say, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. So get your spoonful of sugar, swallow it so that you can handle this teaching today. So we're in 1 John chapter 2, starting with verse 3. I am reading out of the New King James Version. So if you um, have your Bibles, uh, just follow me. Now, by this, we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. And again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So this series is called Truth, Light, and Love, Breaking the Power of Deception. And it really, that title really has a lot to do with the scriptures that I just read to you. So verses 3 through 11, we're just going to kind of tear into those today. And 
And John starts, starts off by saying, now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So that's a pretty easy thing to, to recognize. If, if you and I, as believers in Christ, keep God's commandments, then we know that we know him, right? Because if you have a deep desire to follow the commandments of the Lord, and we're not talking just about the Ten Commandments. We're talking about all the commandments that have been ascribed to us all through the New Testament. Many Jesus said to us, many through the writings of Paul, John, Peter, James. So when we keep his commandments, we know that we know him. Verse 4 says, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So that may be hard for you to swallow, to hear John calling you a liar. Because in essence, if we don't follow God's commandments, if we refuse to keep his commandments, then we are a liar. And the truth is not in us. If we say, I know Christ, I know Jesus, but I'm going to go do what I want to do. And I don't really care what the scriptures say. I don't have to follow that. Then John says, you're a liar. You're a liar about saying that you know him because you really don't know him. And you're actually not even saying the truth. And the truth isn't in you. You see, when a person gets born again, something radically shifts. Something radically happens. There's a great transformation. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and there are two young women that we're familiar with. And these young women have struggled with, um, you know, drug addiction at one time, alcohol addiction. Um, but their greatest addiction is a sexual addiction. And they just keep falling back into sexual addiction and relationships with men that are ungodly. And so we were discussing why it is that they can't seem to come out of this. You know, for a season, they'll walk with the Lord and they make you think that they really love God. And then, you know, a, a gentleman comes along and suddenly they're seduced back into these horrible relationships. And we both came to the conclusion that these young women are not really saved. Because when you're saved, you really don't want to do those things. And you'll do whatever it takes to not fall back into sin. Then that's not to say that we won't fall back into sin or sinful practices or, you know, an addiction that that has had a stranglehold for quite a long time in our life. But eventually, we're able to break away from that. And we have a desire not to go there anymore and not to mess around with those kinds of things. So when a person says, I know Jesus, I know Christ, but they have no desire to keep his commandments and they don't keep his commandments, well, then they are a liar. And the truth is not in them. And so that is 
that actually sounds harsh to some of you that may be very harsh but I'm just sharing what the Word of God says and I've been around long enough to know when a person is really saved and when they're not I've been around people who tell me they're a Christian they go to church but I'm telling you their lifestyle doesn't anymore reflect a desire or reflect Christ in any way they have no desire for God's Word they have no desire for prayer they have no no desire to be around godly people so you have to scratch your head and say well what you know what confession did you make and was it really from the heart now verse 5 says but whoever keeps his word truly the love of God is perfected in him meaning that when we desire when we have a deep desire inside of us to keep God's word to keep his commandments to walk out the truth of of the Bible and the things that the Lord says for us to do and not to do, then truly the love of God is matured in us. And it's a process. I mean, we all know that it's a process. It's not an, an overnight, suddenly, you know, you get saved and you're, you know, walking this glorious, perfect life. But John writes, by this we know that we are in him. We know that we are in him when we are pursuing holiness, when we're pursuing a lifestyle that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. The scripture says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as our lifestyle begins to manifest that, then we know that we are in him. Verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he, Jesus, walked. So when I say, or when you as a Christian and believer, when we say that we abide in Christ, then we ought also to walk just as Jesus walked. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, let's think about how Jesus walked when he was on the earth. So, first of all, we know that Jesus did lots of miracles. And believe it or not, we're supposed to do the same thing. Yes, yes. We're supposed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We're supposed to raise the dead. We're supposed to cast out demons, cleanse the leper. Yes, that's what we're supposed to be doing. I know it sounds foreign. It sounds like I'm radical. I'm just telling you the scriptures. And if you don't know that, then maybe you need to read your Bible. But Jesus not only did miracles... He did cast out demons. He did cleanse lepers. What else did Jesus do? Well, he walked in great mercy. Remember the woman? The uh, Pharisees were ready to stone her. 
and Jesus, you know, Jesus, his love and his mercy toward her, his compassion toward her. She was shamed and embarrassed, but Jesus had great compassion and love toward her. And of course, he knew that she had sinned. But see, she was willing to try to get her life right. She wanted to be righteous. And Jesus saw that and he knew that. That's why he said, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. Jesus met a woman at the well. And of course, he was a rabbi and he wasn't supposed to be talking to women, let alone isolated at a well. But Jesus had compassion and he had mercy. And he knew that this woman had had many husbands and the man that she was living with was not her husband. And he told her so. And she marveled at that. And he said, I've got living water because she was fetching water out of the well to give him a drink. But he said to her, I have water that is living water. In other words, this water will not only will it quench your thirst, it'll quench your thirst for a thing, all things forever. You'll never thirst again, Jesus said. You'll never thirst again when you drink of the living water. So that's how Jesus walked. He walked with great compassion, great mercy, extending love to all people. Even this, you know, she was a Samaritan woman, which meant she was an outcast. She was half Jewish, half Gentile, and they were considered outcasts. So the last person Jesus should have been speaking to was a woman who was a Samaritan. But Jesus extended great love and mercy toward her even though she had sinned and was obviously living with a fellow at the time of her conversation with Jesus. But that didn't bother Jesus. He wanted to bring life to her, eternal life to her. And he did. And she was so excited by it that she went back to her town and and a revival broke out and everybody wanted to come. She said, come see a man. Come see this man. He told me everything about me. So when the scripture says we ought to walk as Jesus walked, Jesus walked with compassion, with patience, with love. He was gentle very gentle with these women. Even the woman who was pulling and tugging on his garment in the crowd. There was a great throng of people and everybody was pressing and pushing. And he felt virtue go out of him. This woman wanted to touch the hem of his garment. She had had an issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says that there was no physician that could heal her. She had spent her money on every doctor known 
at the time in her valley, in her area. And nobody had a cure for her. And she heard about this Jesus. And she was going to press in and touch the hem of his garment no matter what. Now, he didn't turn around and scold her. He said, woman, thy faith has made thee whole. He didn't yell at her. Although those disciples of his wanted to be pretty harsh with her. And they were kind of scolding Jesus about why he was even having a discussion with her. So Jesus, he manifested the fruit of the Spirit. He manifested his heavenly Father. He was showing us what God was like. So as he walked this earth, those three and a half years, he was showing us, this is what Father God is like. He's compassionate. He's kind. He's patient. Extremely loving. Extremely gentle. And he walks with great peace. And that, my friend is how you and I are supposed to walk out our Christian life. Just as Jesus walked. Not only in the Spirit, not only manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, but manifesting that same dunamis power that Jesus manifested. That same dunamis power that raised people from the dead, that healed the sick of all their diseases. Yes, we are to walk as Jesus walked. No doubt about it. In every way, he was our model. He showed us the way. Of course, the Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life. But he showed us the way. He paved the way for you and I to walk out this Christian life just as he did. No different. Not one bit. It doesn't say anywhere in the scripture that we were only supposed to walk a certain way. No, it says here that we we ought to walk as he walks. Because we abide in him. And I can tell you, the more you abide in him, the more you will be like him and the easier it will be to walk just like him. Verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. This this scripture, verse 8, reminds me, reminds me of a young man that, um, 
in his young, young teenage years, he was um, addicted to um, several different drugs. He was on, and then later on, anti-anxiety agents, antidepressants. He lived under a bridge. I mean, his life was very dark. But as he began to know Christ, and as he began to come out of that lifestyle, the Lord began to remove the depression, and he was off his depression medication, and then he was off the anti-anxiety medication. And so he said to me once, you know, more light is coming into my life. And so when I, when I read this scripture, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The true light of Christ was in him, but it was a process. Little by little, the darkness was leaving and more light was shining. And the more he studied God's word, the more he read God's word, the more light was coming into his very soul, into his very being. And darkness was passing and going away. Until he completely was transformed. He had not worked for, gosh, maybe 15 years. So um, for his young, young, young adult life, he did not work. He wasn't able to work. He was too messed up. Now he holds a job. He has a wonderful family. And he's a total totally different human being. The darkness was passing and it was a journey and it didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen in a few months. It was, it took time, but he had a hunger. He wanted to walk like Jesus walked. Verse 10 says, I'm sorry, verse 9 says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And it goes on, he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling. But he who hates his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness, and does not know where he's going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You know, if I if I put you in a dark room, shut the lights off completely, stuck you in a, a room that you were not familiar with, with furniture all over the place, I can guarantee you that you would stumble in that darkness. Because you wouldn't be able to see. You're not familiar with the room. You don't know where the pieces of furniture are. And it's totally dark. Well, when we hate our brother or sister, that's what it's like. It's like we're stumbling in the darkness. And we think that we have light. And we we even um, say that we're walking in the light. But the reality and the truth is we're not. We're actually stumbling. We're actually walking in darkness. And that's... That's a serious statement that John makes. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Hatred is a powerful emotion and it has to be dealt with. And the only one that can handle that and deal with that is the Holy Spirit. So when we have hatred for another brother or sister, we have to take that to the Lord. 
and ask him to begin to heal us and first of all confess confess it and then ask the holy spirit to begin to heal our heart of that hatred because jesus said when you have hate in your heart you you've already murdered you've already committed murder it's that serious so we don't want to walk in darkness we don't want to hate a brother and sister and that's why it's so important to let go of these offenses and these hurts and these wounds because they fester and they cause us to walk in darkness. We are not in the light. And when we think we are in the light, we're deceived. Which goes back to my title, Truth, Light, and Love, Breaking the Power of Deception. We are totally deceived if we say that we are in the light and in the next breath we say, that we hate so-and-so. We're totally deceived. But if, but if we abide in the light, if we abide in Jesus, he is the light of the world. If we abide in him, then there's no cause for stumbling. You see that? There's no cause for us to stumble because we're walking in the love of of God. We're walking in the light. But if we think that we're walking in the light and out of our out, the next breath we say we hate someone we are totally deceived and we are in total darkness. And we don't know where we're going and we won't. And you will not progress You will not progress in your Christian walk if you are walking in this place of hate. If you have hate in your heart towards someone, you will not progress in your Christian walk. You will not be able to progress because you will not know where you're going because you're in darkness. So it's important, it's vital, it's necessary to deal with the hatred. So if that's you, and you've got somebody in your heart that you hate, you've got to take care of that issue right now. Take it before the Lord. Confess it. And ask Holy Spirit to begin to to heal your heart. Begin to heal that, that wound, that deep wound in your heart. So that you can walk victoriously and walk in the light. This set of scriptures, I feel, are just so, so foundational for us as believers. You know, walking in the commandments of God, walking as Jesus walked, walking in love and not having hate in our heart. They're just foundational. So I really encourage you, if you have issues that are in your heart I'm encouraging you to take care of them right now. I'm asking you to go before the Lord and confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We just studied that in 1 John, 1 John uh, 1, 9. So do yourself a favor. Don't walk and stumble around in the darkness. Walk in the light. Abide in Jesus. Follow his commandments. 
and walk as he walked. That's a good thing. I would say that's a good thing. Amen? Well, I'll be back with you next week. We'll be talking um, in Second John. We'll try to finish out, if I can, we'll try to finish out uh, chapter 2 of sec- uh, I'm sorry. We'll try to finish out chapter 2 of First John. And um, so I hope, I hope um, this encouraged you. And uh, I just love being with you. Please go to the website, www.pureheart, one word, dot today. Sign up for the newsletter. Write to me. Call me. Let me know what you think of the website. Let me know what you think of the message. I would love to hear from you. Well, with that, I say shalom, shalom.